Welcome to Magical Empath. This is a podcast about me, Danny Gilmore, on a journey to spiritual awakening. I'm learning how to use my superpowers as an empath and highly sensitive person to deepen my magical connection with spirit. I'm a holistic life coach, my pronouns are she, her, and I'm a medical cannabis proud stoner. Yes, queen. Join me now on this journey. Let's get started by taking a few deep breaths together. Welcome back to episode number two. I am so excited for each and every one of you here today listening. Thank you. I appreciate you. I send so much love and kindness to all of you. And I truly do hope this podcast helps you today in some way. We'll go ahead and get started with our card reading per usual. Again, the deck that I use is called the Empaths Empowerment Deck, and that's by Dr. Judith Orloff. Um, And so the first card that we'll go over today is my main card that I pulled for the reading and then i also welcome in bonus cards into my readings and those are cards that fall out of the deck as i'm shuffling um and so that number varies depending on how many cards spirit wants for us to have today each day um and so today we have three so the first card the main card that i pulled reads opinions are the lowest form of knowledge do not be thrown off by others opinions simply say I appreciate your input and do what you intuitively feels right for you. I thought that was really great because I did a class maybe two or three weeks ago that wrapped up on the four agreements and one of the agreements is don't take anything personally, AKA don't listen to other people's opinions. And I love how, in this message, it gives you that out. I appreciate your input. That feels so great as an empath to hear like out loud because it doesn't sound harsh. It doesn't sound dismissive to either parties. I know as part of me, my empath struggles, finding this balance of like not devaluing myself or putting myself down in the process of being nice to someone else. So when you say, I appreciate your input, it's not saying I'm going to take your input into consideration. So you're still giving yourself an out, but it's also recognizing that, okay, yeah, you gave me your opinion. Didn't ask for it. Maybe I did, but I appreciate it. It's not bad. It's not as confrontational as saying like, I didn't ask for your opinion. Um, which I feel like as an empath, I won't actually have the guts to say to someone (laughs) in the moment, whereas I probably have the guts to say, I appreciate your input. But this is a kind of a hard one for me because of social media in our society. And even this podcast, like I'm doing this podcast and the success relies on the opinions of people. But I think when I take it a step further, then I think back to when Spirit told me to start creating this podcast. And maybe just there's one person out there that needs to hear this. And 
that's why I need to go down this path. So it doesn't matter if everybody else doesn't like it, as long as one person or even myself benefits from this podcast, then it was a success. While if people love it and it's great, it's going to feel great, but I shouldn't have to feel successful based solely on other people's opinions. Hopefully that made sense, but I think when it says the lowest form of knowledge, it's like, yeah, it doesn't matter how many followers I have or how many likes I have. It feels good to do it for me. And I hope that it's helping, like I said, at least one person. So our bonus cards for today, I'll start with reclaim your power. Do not give your power away to anyone. Say to yourself, I am strong and capable. I can approach this situation with confidence and skill. I want to repeat that and have you guys repeat it back to yourselves after me. And even if you can't say it out loud right now, you don't feel comfortable just like saying it in your head because this is really important, I think, for anyone. So repeat after me. I am strong and capable. I can approach the situation with confidence and skill. I hope that felt good. I mean, just remember how that felt in this moment because whether you're not at your best right now, you're an empath, you're a sensitive, you're emotional, whatever you want to fill in the blank there, you're still strong and capable. And that's all that matters. So don't ever give your power away. And if you have, like me, just reclaim it and know that you can always reclaim it even if you give it away by mistake. The next card for today is release your critical voices within. When a critical inner voice says, I'm not enough or I'm too sensitive, immediately counter it with, this is not true. Focus on loving thoughts instead. I'm getting better with this one, but definitely have struggled with this for sure. I actually named my inner critic, her name's Daniela, uh, because my full name is Danielle. And so a lot of times people would always say like, oh, is your name Daniela? No, it's Danielle, but okay, sure. And so I just decided, okay, fine, I can be Daniela, but Daniela is that inner mean girl. She is so mean. She can talk so much trash to me and not even like care. She can talk to me way, like, more damaging than I would ever talk to any other human. Why is that? Trauma, lack of confidence, lack of self-love. And so I love that this says, like, immediately counter that mean girl with this is not true. Or mean boy or mean whomever you want to fill in the blank there because your inner mean voice could be a a dog or guinea pig a snake a rat could be whatever you want it to be so I do recommend naming essentially your ego is is what it is and and talking to to them like out loud like no this is not true we are not going to go down this path because when I started doing that I can tell you the time between 
when that inner mean girl for me turns on, Daniela clicks in, the window is getting shorter. I'm immediately being able to be like, uh-uh, no, I can shut that, th that thought down. Oh, you're lazy because you, nope, I did so many things yesterday. Did I do everything? No, but I did so many. So I really thought this one resonated a lot with me and something I'm really working towards. The last and final card for today, ask a dream for guidance. Dreams offer wisdom beyond logic. Tonight, ask a question before bed. In the morning, write down a dream and look for the answer. So if you're not familiar with impasse um, and all the wonderful powers that come with being an empath, one of them is intuition through dreams. Um, and so even as a medical cannabis donor, if I calm myself, center myself, meditate before I go to bed and ask a question, I will have a dream. Um, and for those of you that don't know like what I'm talking about, typically people who smoke a lot of cannabis or like for an extended period of time, um, you don't dream. And you, yeah, like people think it's wild, but I guess you, technically you still do dream. You just don't remember your dream is what I should say. Clarification there. Um, so you wake up in the morning, you have no recollection of it. And I typically don't unless I do my practice. Um, so I'm going to remember to do this tonight. Um, I think even if you're not an empath, give it a try. See if you can open yourself up to be guided by, by intuition. And I think what's really important about it is writing the dream down, like right when you wake up, like first thing, light on, write it down. Don't try to analyze it or think, correlate it, like just write it down and then get up and get ready and do what you need to do and then come back to it and be like, oh, this makes so much more sense now. Um, at least that's what I've experienced when I've done it. So give that a shot. I hope you guys enjoyed that card reading. I hope it resonates with you. I would love to hear from you. As always, shoot me emails, DMs. Um, let me know if anything resonated with you. So today I wanted to talk more about my three-day virtual meditation retreat because there's just so much to talk about. One episode was not enough. And like I said, I'll probably talk about it on multiple episodes, but since it was kind of the birthing of this podcast, I want to make sure that I really touch on some key points that were really, really spooky and magical and overwhelming and fun and emotional, all of the above. So I did get in touch with my spiritual guide and that ceremony I explained to you all last week um, was called a shamanic ceremony. And I had had one with my spiritual guide when I was working with her on my emotional freedom training. But it never dawned on me to think I could have one without her there. And so once I read it, that like in her email back to me that that's what it was, I was like, oh, yes, that's why I felt like the presence of so many different people there, like so many ancestors. And last week, I talked about my mom's parents being there. But I do want to touch on the fact that like, my my dad's father was there a little bit further. Um, I never really liked her. Um, and now that I'm an empath, I understand a thousand percent why I never really liked her. I didn't, I just didn't like her energy. Um, and so my sister, while she kind of 
got sent over there a lot more than me because my parents were at a different age and stage in their life, she didn't, she kind of put up with more of it. Whereas me as the empath, like, I remember everyone thinking I was like this smart little vindictive kid who got sick every time I went over to Grant's house and had to get picked up. But really, I think I physically was getting ill from the negative energy. Like, I remember literally, like, throwing up and crapping all over her bathroom at the same time as, like, I don't even know, maybe elementary school. She just had really bad energy, and she had really bad rule, like, really weird rules. And I never really liked being over there at all, by myself especially. Like, I either wanted my dog there, like... Or I was calling, I was sick, and she didn't, she couldn't handle when I would get sick. So she'd immediately call my parents and they'd have to come, someone would have to come get me. So when she came up, it was very, like, much, I felt myself, like, put the walls up. I was like, no, no, thank you, unsubscribe, don't really want to communicate with you right now because this is so overwhelming and I just talked to so many people I love and now you. And I kind of dismissed her. And then she came back. And for whatever reason, I felt like you need to see her with eyes of compassion and love. And I did. And I said, okay, like, I let her in, but I could feel there was still like, a, like, I still felt like I was giving off the like, you're in, but don't come too close. And she told me she understands why I don't speak to my father. And... She's not mad at me for it, and she understands why I would be mad at her for the damage my father caused because of the trauma she caused him. And so it was very mixed emotions for me in that sense after she said that, because initially I think I was like, oh, yes, like you're validating me. Because so many people in the black community, oh, that's your father, you need to talk to him. But clearly you see the damage he's done to me. But then it also felt, I felt like the other half of me, the empath in me felt like, once again, you're dismissing your son. Your son who worked so hard to get the same love and attention I wanted from him, he wanted from you and you didn't give him. And so the empath in me understood how accepting her message also kind of let her put Ed down again. And Ed's my father. And we don't speak. And I don't, I'm still going through that healing journey with him separately, obviously, because I don't speak to him. But as I'm coming further and further closer to, away from the hatred and the, the, like the mean emotions, the negative emotions. There is that empath in me who's finally starting to feel bad for him. And I was able to, by the end of it, tell her, but I also thank you for the message. And I also understand now that you clearly had to have been through trauma as well to treat him like that, like my father, Ed as his mother. And so it was very healing in that sense. And I'm glad it happened, but I also asked her like, let's not do this again. In a very respectful way. 
because even then I could feel there wasn't the same amount of like lightness and love and I just could feel like you can protect me, but like from a distance, like it's just never going to be that strong. So that was the interesting part about connecting with my other grandmother. And now my father's dad, he actually passed away before my father was born. That is all I really have to share about that situation for now. Um, there was another situation I wanted to talk about that was pretty wild because I actually had a client's family member come through and I, that is when I pretty much ended it. I literally felt their presence come through and I was like, whoa, 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 this is too much. My client had previously just lost two of her family members in one week. And this family member that was, she was closest to came through to me and I felt so overwhelmed. I did not know what to say to her because how did I know if this was real? How did I know if this was something I was meant to share with my client? How would my client accept this? Like, this is not something my client and I ever talked about. And I think getting in my head, I came out of the, the, the kind of trance I was in. And I opened my eyes and I just kind of was like, whoa, I'm shook. That was a lot. I wasn't ready for all that. I thanked spirit though. Like I was very grateful for it. I just feel like I was so scared I was going to do the wrong thing with the information that I couldn't really like accept all of the information in that moment. And what was wild was the next week I had two sessions with that client. And the first session, the client and I talked about like, grieving and needing to get quiet in order to feel potentially the presence of their loved one and the client was on board for it so it kind of made me feel a little bit at ease but I still wasn't ready to share it with the client and then I met with that client again later in the week and they said that they finally sat quiet and they had this amazing moment where they were laughing and giggling and people were around them and it was just this great moment and all of a sudden, I just felt all of this energy wave come through, like, yes, yes, tell her yes. And so I asked her, I said, do you think that was your loved one? And they were like, yeah, maybe, maybe it was. And then I got, again, this overwhelming feeling of spirit coming through. And I was like, spirit wants me to like, tell you like, yes, yes, it was them. Um, and so that was really beautiful for me because I was able to use them, like the experience that I got in a positive way for my client. And so since then, I've also been saying, I'm not only a holistic life coach, I'm an intuitive empath healer. Um, and I took Judith Orloff's intuitive healer training. Um, I had to buy the CDs and my parents literally had a DVD player to, for me to, to like borrow. Cause otherwise I was like, where am I going to play these CDs? Like my car has like one hidden in the like glove box because it's a newer car. So like, I was like, I don't even have a CD player. And I was like, Oh wait, I guess I'll have to go to my car to listen to this. But yes, I did it. And it was an amazing training. Um, 
it, it's funny how I was do, already doing a lot of the things she talks about, like beforehand, like energetically and spiritually connecting with the person, um, being sure to disconnect with the person afterwards. Um, so it was a really great training, but those were two of the things I wanted to, to definitely highlight um, about that shamanic ceremony that I didn't point out. Um, last episode when I was talking about my grandmother and my grandfather on my mother's side, as well as the friend that came through, that was my spiritual angel. Um, the other spiritual awakening I had, which was actually my first awakening. And it's funny, it came through on Monday of the retreat. So like the first full day, probably now looking back on it, I was still doing too much during the cleaning hours because I think you're supposed to clean for like one hour, but I was like, I have way more than one hour's worth of cleaning to do. But I'm still only going to focus on one doing one thing at a time. Um, and so for the first time, I was changing my sheets on my bed and I wasn't listening to a podcast. I didn't have music on. At that point, I hadn't smoked anything. And I just had this overwhelming feeling of oh, you are terrified to invite your friends anyplace because of how much trauma you've gone through and how much rejection you've experienced. And I like sat down on my bed and I started crying. I like wept because then I started realizing, wow, like for you to have just now had this realization at 31 years old, like how many people have hurt you? And it was kind of this eye-opening experience of, like, I kept kind of thinking along, and I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, like, along my healing journey, I kind of feel like after some of these big bumps that I've gone over, I'm going to say some of them were mountains. I'm like, oh, okay, now I'm healed. Like, now I'm healed. Like, yes, this is it. Yes, queen, you are healed. And then it's like you go a little bit deeper, and you're like, oh, there's still wounds. And so it kind of was like this aha culmination of things that came together. Um, there's this memory that sticks out for me that one of my good friends, stoner friends, medical cannabis stoner friend, her and I had a beach date and I drove to meet her and I didn't mind driving to meet her. Like I have a car. She doesn't, she lives in the city, but due to my anxiety, I was just stressed about trying to get up there on a Saturday and it was a nice day and where was I going to park and I had Charlie with me and Charlie's anxious in the car because I'm anxious in the car and I'm trying to listen to my, um, I think I was listening to like a books on tape, Brene Brown or something, I, something to calm me down and I couldn't find parking when I got there and I drove around for about 10 minutes looking for parking and I finally just was like, okay. I'm just going to park far and walk. Well, as someone who's experienced trauma in the city, I, on the north side in particularly, I am terrified about having to walk in the dark by myself. Um, and so I knew then that, like, that was going to put as far away of, as I was, that was definitely too far for me to feel safe walking by myself back. So I was like, okay, now you have to leave before dark, park the car, call her, she doesn't answer. Call her again, she doesn't answer. 
And now that inner girl, Daniela, is going off on me. She's like, girl, see, I told you, you're not worthy of friends. Nobody likes you. Nobody wants to hang out with you. Once again, you're getting stood up. And, like, eventually I got to her and she answered. She sent me where she was at. She just didn't see the phone. But, like, I spent the whole rest of the time being anxious. While I had a great time at the beach, it wasn't it wasn't as good as it could have been if I wouldn't have let that, like, anxiety moment. I ended up leaving her house sooner than I wanted to because I couldn't, like, get comfortable. And I was too anxious about, like, remembering where my car was and getting to my car and just exhausted from being so anxious trying to get there. Um, and then I have another one of my really close friends who recently... Like, she said something to me, and I realized she had done all the planning, and she had invited me to some really intimate moments in her life in a very short period of time. Um, But again, she was a friend through work, and so I've had other past relationships with friends through work where, like, we're great at work, we feel like we're super close, but, like, outside of work, they don't respond back to me, they never text me back. And I'm not someone who needs you to text me back, like, within 24 hours even. Like, I'm a stoner. Sometimes I forget. I see it. I thought I responded. It takes me a couple days to remember, and then I respond. A lot of my friends and I operate like that. But, like, I've been ghosted a lot. Um, Growing up, I remember crying when I saw the two girls that were supposed to ride home, the bus home with me, getting off their bus together and like walking to one of their friends houses so it was like not only did you not get the note to ride my bus home with me you got a a note to ride somebody else's bus home and then I watched you guys walk to her house together when both of you were supposed to be coming to my house so and like I cried and cried and cried that day like on the stairs and told my mom I was a loser I was definitely called a nerd a couple of times um So when you move around a lot, um, because my father did have jobs in the federal government, it's hard to make long-lasting friendships. The longest friendships or relationships that I have are from literally my sophomore year of high school when I moved to Oak Park River Forest in Oak Park, Chicago, Illinois. And, well, it's right outside of Chicago. Um, So... Anyone really past that point in my life, I don't talk to. Um, Because, again, when you move around, like, it's easy to stay in touch now with with social media. But you also have to think, like, I remember the first time we moved from St. Louis to D.C. area to Virginia. That was the first time I was really old enough to, like, want to have my friendships, like, last. And so I remember, like, my dad giving me his cell phone at the time. And like, or maybe it was still the house phone, but like, I only had a certain number of minutes because long distance calling cost extra. So it was hard to stay in touch back then. And then we're kids, like we were young kids. Like you don't just, it's kind of like what's in front of you is all that matters at the time. So even in high school, like I don't have a falling out with the friends that I made in Texas in high school, but like we have each other on social media, but we don't like have a relationship now. I don't know anything that's going on in their life outside of social media right now. And so it's very hard for me to have friendships and to be vulnerable and to invite people places I realize now. And 
I also realize now, though, I've surrounded myself by people that will show up for me and that will support me and love me no matter what. And so I sent out a text to my friends and I just let them know, like, thank you for being patient with me. And now I really do try to make an effort moving forward to make sure that I'm reaching out to my friends and scheduling things. And if they can't come, knowing that our friendship is still intact, we can do something else together. And just because they can't come the first time I invite them or the second time or the third, like, doesn't mean they won't come the fourth. Um, And I even realized like my birthday celebrations, like my big birthdays, my 25th and my 30th, my sister planned both of those because I wasn't going to do anything because I've had birthday parties in the past where I've invited people and no one's shown up or like two or three people have shown up. So I just don't like celebrating and, and getting excited and getting my hopes up that people won't show up. Um, it's funny, even for my 30th, a set of friends were really forcing me like, please, Danny, we want to do something. We want to do something. And then of course the day of they canceled and I actually don't talk to them any longer, but that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. I kind of felt like you, like being used in that relationship for a long time. I wasn't getting back what I was putting out. Um, but it just goes to show like throughout the history of Danny, like friends have done that and I just now made that realization and I'm so glad I did because like I said I have friends now that will show up for me and I don't want them to feel like they have to plan everything Um, and I do want to plan fun stuff for us to do together so that's all I wanted to cover in this episode join me next week I'm going to still be talking a little bit about the virtual meditation retreat um, because I want to share with you guys my spiritual animals Um, and how they came about to me, and what they are. Um, And um, don't forget that if you like this podcast, be sure to rate and follow the show. Uh, You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Strong Side Life Coaching. I wish you all the best. Have an amazing week. Sending so much love, kindness, and joy, and magical things your way.